2: This is sode number 70, the chance warmack of sodes. Mm, oh. Bad memories. Oh man, for those who don't know Chance Warmack or who don't remember Chance Warmack, he was the Isaiah Wilson before Isaiah Wilson was cool. He was he, like, he
1: didn't have any he didn't have any crimes under his belt, did he, as a Titan? No,
2: no. Well, I mean, other than like holdings and things like that. He had I mean, a
1: a big, big, big belly above his belt that's yes. no crimes below right big belly above
2: yeah he was as what i like to call a fat chance uh <laughs> which is what aptly described his his ability to make it in the nfl uh he was drafted number 10 overall in 2013 started 46 of 48 games for the titans between t- 2013 to 2015 that's i'm i'll have to crunch the numbers but i'm pretty sure that's 46 more games than isaiah wilson started for the titans Um, uh, we also could have gone with the daniel loper of Sodes, but and Sode 70 needs a need some representation so 70 needs some rep so 70 needs some rep wait what did you just say so 70- 70 needs some representation representation so 70 does need some representation and we've got some with joe dubin joe previously with channel 4 wsmv ever heard of it uh now has a new gig with main street nashville ever heard of it if you haven't you need to he uh, we're gonna ask him all about his new gig talk about that and what he's doing now also we're gonna be talking all things titans with him joe is great with when it comes to titans knowledge because joe is one of those guys who will deliver a titans take and it'll be so like matter of factly to where like when he says it, I'm like, actually, yeah, that, that makes so much sense. That's such the right take to have on this. Even if I don't agree with it, I'm like, damn, that's hard to argue. That's why I love having Joe on Joe's been on his podcast. You guys know Joe. He's been on this podcast a number of times. He is, he is more than just this podcast uncle. I, I'm starting to think like we're Jack and I are actually related to him by the number of times we call <laughs> him. <laughs> it's we gets the like, show. Right. Also, hey, we caught a little heat for our Mike Keith interview last week. We're going to get into that after the Dubin conversation. Uh, we are also going to be talking to some Anthony Ferkser. Talking Furkser's all the rage. Just ask uh, former Titan Delaney Walker. We're going to tell you what he had to say about Ferkser. We're also going to tell you what we have to say about Ferkser. Are are we, is, is Anthony Ferkser hype machine this year's? Khalif raymond hype machine
1: we got to figure out a hype machine because hassan french and adam coon
2: there's just there's not there's not as much hype behind those names uh, they're more just long shots. Just machines yeah right yeah, yeah. We'll, it's like we'll, the
1: mcdonald's ice cream machine there but there are got a lot some of work people
2: there are a lot of people jumping on with ferkshire and so it's time we ask the question are too many people jumping on with ferkshire is it, is it becoming a hype machine? We don't know. We'll get into that. And, of course, we've got to remember the Titan. But first, before we get into all of that, let's get a word from Smash Pest Control. I love these guys, not just because they sponsor this podcast, support them because they support us, but because they've got one of the best names in the biz, all right? Do you have menacing bugs in and around your home? then you need to contact Smash Pest Control, the best pest control service in Middle Tennessee. Not only will they take care of your mosquito problems, they also offer crawl space control and are fully equipped to rid your home of termites and bed bugs. Anything in or around your house, trust Smash Pest to take care of it. Smash Pest Control hangs their hat on their smash guarantee. If they don't smash your pest control problems, the service is free. That rhymes. (laughs) <laughs> they right now you can get your initial pest control service started by mentioning a to Z for just 79 bucks. Okay. That's cheaper than a meal at cane prime. These guys do amazing work all over the mid state. Make sure to check them out online at smashpest.com where you will find the many services smash provides along with their excellent customer reviews. You need help with your pest problems. Give smash pest control a call 615-581-7473, and make sure to tell them A to Z sent you. With that said, let's talk Titan.
1: I hear the train is coming it's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine, since. But- I don't know when
2: I'm talking. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast. Today is July 7th, 2021. 7 7. Shout out Billy Volek. Shout out Zach Menberger. Taylor Lawan. Shout out Taylor Lawan. Nice. I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that. Uh, but not shout out Blaine Gabber. Week 17 of 2018 season. People don't forget Blaine. Okay. That was tough. I was at that game against he, the Colts at night. I People do not forget, Blaine, all right? Mm. Uh, I'll tell you what else people don't forget. July 4th. Not just for America's birthday, but as Titans fans, you know, it means it's Steve McNair's. Uh, to quote the movie Orange County, it's like his death day, dude. It's like his death birthday. The Steve McNair, rest in peace, 12 years gone. We miss him a ton. Uh, it's, it literally a Titans legend, which for a franchise that is so young, that should carry more weight, uh, as it does. And obviously the way he died leaves a a sour taste in all of our mouths. Um, but it, it also should not overshadow the amount of incredible good that he did within the Nashville community. Uh, so we wanted to one real quick, just spend a real quick bit off the top to talk Mac nine. Uh, Again, it's the offseason. Things are slow. But also, Steve McNair deserves that kind of um, uh, recognition every single year. And so, Jack, if you don't mind, let's take it back to July 4th, 2009. 2009 was a tough summer. I don't even remember this. Michael Jackson, Farrah Fawcett, Billy Mays. And of course, Steve McNair all died in the same summer within and like weeks of each other. it was it was a brutal summer for celebrity deaths, but none more so than for Titans fans when Steve McNair. Where were you when you first heard the news? Yeah, so everyone's got a
1: story. Well, maybe they don't have a story, but everyone certainly remembers where they were. Sure. Um, so I was 13 at the time. Oh, and gosh. my story oh, we
2: didn't ha- we did not have to throw out ages okay we didn't <laughs> well, have to go that route dude well
1: you have to it's it's important context for the story <laughs> all
2: right. so my you're, day you were at
1: chuck e cheese all no, right no 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 look <laughs> um so my family had invited a uh, you know a couple families over that were fit were you know we're good friends with and um b- they had in those families there were kids i've got two brothers uh one was like two at the time and so he doesn't even count. But uh, me and my other brother, who's just a couple years younger than me, we had some friends that were coming over as well. that were part of these families. And my day was a little, you know, I mean, it was a normal day. We were playing football outside. Um, it's 4th of July. The dads are on the grill um, talking, drinking beer, you know, normal 4th of July activities. Um, we go upstairs and we're playing uh, – we were playing one of the Maddens. I guess that would have to be Madden 09. Um, so <laughs> while we're playing, you know, uh, this is a – this is lighthearted, so I don't want anyone to get offended, but this is actually a true story. Um, in 2009, we were playing Madden up in uh, up in the bonus room. And one of my friends, who was uh, big-time football player at, at the time, and, you know, he, he went on to play college. He's, like, you know, a very normal person, uh, nice kid, uh, but, but he was bigger. And he, he – okay, he was bigger, so we'll take that move forward. So he disappears for 45 minutes. He goes to the bathroom and while he's gone so long he comes back and you know all of us we were playing two on two and we were like dude where were you we've been waiting on you um and he's like yeah um i clogged the toilet and uh <laughs> there was no plunger and so you know like there, there's many options that you have when you clog the toilet with no plunger you can go ask for a plunger you can yeah. Maybe locate uh, a coat hanger or or some sort of long object to yeah, unplug which, the toilet.
2: It, in his in his, his defense, it is difficult because you don't want to ask because it's like you don't want to you don't want to ask yourself and it's always embarrassing. Mm-hmm. The coat hanger is tough; it's hard to find coat hangers and it's in hit or houses. miss.
1: And if it doesn't work, then there's a weird coat hanger with water right. Right. on it. Right, and then it. it's and like, what do you? What do you how do
2: you dispose of the coat hanger without anyone finding it? I, so, that's always the the toughest thing.
1: On this on this awful, awful day in 2004, much worse for my friend than it was for me, but it was still bad because Steve McNair died, and I was kind of like out of it the whole day after that. Sure. But um, this happened before the news dropped. So he's, he's sitting, he's clogged with the toilet, and what does he use to unclog it? He uses his hand. and Stop. He, he Stop. Unclogs it with his hand. And he wasn't in the bathroom all that long. It was him washing his hands for an hour because there was nothing else to unclog the toilet with. And he was too afraid to ask. He's the nicest kid in the world, but. uh, Are you still friends with this kid? Well, I have, you know, it's funny because, you know, after high school, you know, you go your separate ways and whatever. Yeah, I would hope
2: after that day you went your separate No, no,
1: he's a good kid. But, you know, he just unclogged the toilet with his bare hand. He reached down in there, you know, probably vigorously. um, and That's something that, you know, you don't eat with that hand for a month.
2: No, you don't. That, that oh happened. Oh my gosh! I that think was you my, go, That was my story. I think you go straight out of a saw movie and just cut that thing off. You know?
1: <laughs> go, Captain Hook, the rest of your life. It was. It was something that I just couldn't believe. My it, gosh, it is true. dude, that's awful. Mm-hmm. I. So that's what? something you know that that's kind of unfortunately for him. When I remember the day that Steve McNair died, that is also seared into my memory as something that i will also never forget
2: so that story has literally other than the fact that it happened on the same day has nothing like it wasn't like he came out of the bathroom and was like guys steve mcnair passed no away.
1: no that just happened i was we watching tv and found so out that, completely
2: that it, unrelated mm-hmm. th- and that just just because it happened on the same day that's what you relate to steve mcnair's passing yeah
1: it's not good for him oh my gosh you know. that's awful
2: uh man so, and here all i did was i was working at a at a Dippin' Dots kiosk in the Cool Springs Galleria, and um, I'm on my computer. Uh, this was like the very early days of cork bats, and I was. Uh, and I, I remember, I I got like an ESPN text alert. This was back when, you know, before smartphones, and I like where ESPN would text me headlines, and it was like Steve McNair passed away, and I was like, wait, what? I was, or, or I think maybe even someone came up to me and was like, hey, do you hear Steve McNair passed away? And I was like, what? Well, what Steve there no this has to be fake and oh gosh yeah it was so sad it was so sad and i remember that night it was obviously fourth of july we went downtown see the fireworks it rained insane that night a tremendous rainstorm but not until i was up on the pedestrian bridge with a perfect spot to watch these fireworks rain comes pouring down and I'm like well it doesn't matter if I take off running now I'm going to be drenched regardless so we just stayed up there and finished watching the fireworks in the (laughs) rain and and the whole time I'm just like thinking like man I can't believe and you know like obviously you're watching the fireworks over what's now Nissan Stadium and you're just thinking like man I the number of games I watched Steve McNair play in that stadium right there and he's just gone like so tragic and obviously the news that came out afterwards even more tragic it was just a wild it was such a surreal day because it was normally a day that was always so happy 4th of july it's you know it's america's birthday like you're going to you're you're going to celebrate It's you're going to have fun put burgers on the grill you know things like that and it was just kind of tainted by yeah this, this tragic news as and as again as as titans fans with such a young franchise so hard to realize like it, it like we don't have many stories like that we don't have many tragic deaths in our thank god that, history you know? yeah and th- yeah thank god but exactly to,
1: but to a further extent you know the, the titans have only been in nashville since since what 98 well the tennessee since 98 right um but to have a legend you know that's larger than life like steve mcnair was he, he was he
2: was the biggest titan in so such that, in
1: such a short yeah. amount of time and he left this earth in 2009 so it's only 11 years he spent you know in in, in this state and for for the impact you know the great impact that he made uh to, to never that will be remembered for all of eternity um or at least i i hope so um it, it says a lot about who he was as a person who he was as a player yeah uh and, and just kind of the guy and persona that steve McNair – he, you know really truly was and and for what nashvillians
2: native nashvillians remember him as yeah it's crazy to think it he's now been gone from us longer than he was with us in tennessee mm-hmm. yeah that is weird wow yeah yeah cuz it doesn't feel that long ago it really right. doesn't. which and yeah look you know jack and i like we we don't like to we don't like to get serious too often like we you know we don't but Steve, Steve McNair. McNair is something that I will get serious about sure and and so yeah and and you know we don't we don't ever want to you know start the podcast off on a on a sour note but we felt like uh, McNair deserved that and you this, got a poop
1: story in, in between right
2: and and Jack really wanted to share that that story about his That's, friend unclogging the toilet to get it off hand. my conscience I, oh you my know, it's like gosh that was you guys are all uh, my I therapists know. right now I was wondering like why you really wanted to lead the show with steve mcnair and now the whole reason was just to throw your friend under the bus for unclogging his poop he's anonymous he's anonymous he loses nothing in this is he anonymous uh, yet whenever you introduce me to your friend plunger pete i think i'm gonna know who you're talking to
1: you know yeah you might but hopefully we won't have to cross that bridge
2: hey this is hand plunger pete uh oh hey hand plunger (laughs) how'd you get that oh wait a minute I know how you got that nickname. Did I just shake your hand? Yeah. Oh, ew. yeah. I'm just like, I'd be like, no, I'm just going to bow. <laughs> just, just a head nod for you, you hand plunger Pete. All right. So Delaney Walker uh, kind of made a little bit of news. And look, it doesn't take much to make news in the middle of July. Literally this week of all weeks, too, because it's a four-day work week. The, day, the week after 4th of July, nobody's working. Everyone's on vacation. It's There's literally nothing going on. Uh, including with the ten- Tennessee Titans from
1: Training off. camp doesn't start till the end of the month so right we, you know we're, t- we're trying to absorb any content we get. Yes and, and this, we got
2: we got some with Delaney Walker.
1: This isn't bad this isn't a slow week content. I mean what Delaney Walker said about Anthony Furzer and you'll read it here in a second I, it, it was noteworthy w- yeah. whether it's a busy week or not a busy week so I'm happy to talk about it.
2: So you all you all remember our good friend and our uncle, this podcast's uncle ESPN's Teron Davenport. Uh, he's got a podcast talking with TD. He made a little bit of waves w- uh, when he had Delaney Walker on. And Delaney Walker had some really, really nice things to say about Anthony Furkshire. And I don't know where you stand on the Anthony Ferkshire train, whether you're a little skittish, you're a little nervous, you, like you don't feel confident what the Titans are doing at tight end. wondering if that might be the 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 short straw of this offense or 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 what. But this should be reassuring to anyone. If you're on the Anthony or hype train, this is only going to make that hype train go even chug down the hill a little bit faster. But Delaney said, and I quote, he sat under me for years and I tried to teach him everything I know, but the dude got wiggles. He can get, which I assume is a good thing <laughs> Not, to, <laughs> not unlike uh, Hand Plunger Pete uh, and his wiggles, yeah, different uh, type of wiggles, right? Anthony Ferguson he says he can get open, he can catch the ball. I think he's going to be. We ready for this? Elite. Just e adding word. E. Elite. Just adding Julio. It's going to open. Have more opportunities for him over the middle with matchups against linebackers, and that's going to be hard for them to cover because he destroys linebackers within seconds. It's going to be good, all right? Then he goes on to, it continues and says, I feel like it's going to be a good year for him. I'm excited. I hope he does well because I want him to get paid. That's what it comes down to. Just hope he does well. I know he built his confidence over the years. Now he has that opportunity to be the starter. I told him the last time I saw him, I said, it's your opportunity. Don't lose it because they don't give it to many people often. He has the opportunity to be great. And I think with Julio and AJ and Derek Henry, that opportunity is high. So that's some strong words from a tight end who was one of the top tight ends in the sport just a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, it's 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 huge praise from a guy who's not completely and totally established in this league yet. Uh, he, this is his first year. You mentioned with Joe um, that he's going to be the clear-cut number one tight end and it's going to be fascinating to see how he produces in this offense now Anthony Ferkser he's signed to a one-year three million dollar deal they uh, the Titans obviously opted to to take the cheaper route at the tight end position knowing that they had Julio Jones in in their plans and and they bring in Josh Reynolds to pair with A.J. Brown earlier in the offseason so they so they inks Ferkser for three million uh for, for this next season he's a free agent after the season ends. Farkser has the opportunity to make bank this season. First and foremost, he can completely cash in with how he contributes uh, you know on this offense. Now, last year, so, uh, interesting number. I'm going to go I'm going to go snaps because Fergster playing behind Janu didn't get a ton of run, but he got a he got a significant amount. Farkser played in 32% of the team snaps. Now, what's shocking is that Jeff Swaim had five more snaps than Anthony Ferkser last year. What? Yeah. So no you can make Swain. The, you, but you can make the argument that obviously Ferkser's snaps were more significant. Ferkser compi- compiled 387 uh, receiving yards, one touchdown. Jeff Swain caught nine passes the whole season. But obviously Swain was utilized as a run blocker for Derrick Henry. Sure. And especially towards the end of the season. When you look at the snap count disparity between the two, the Titans were leaning on Henry late in the season as they typically do. So who took more snaps, toward, you know, in that span? That was Jeff Swain. But for this season, he's not going to have Johnny to work behind. They're going to be throwing the ball. That's while you do have Derrick Henry, the wide receiver core, the passing game is going to be a huge strength of this season's offense. Um, Johnny took sixty-nine percent of the snaps last year, and I know what you're going to say—that is nice, but nice. So, so I don't expect Fergster to take the leap from thirty-two percent to sixty-nine percent. Let's just say they meet somewhere in the middle. Well, the middle is 50.5%. And I've done a yards per snap thing here. And I think it holds a little ground, but you have to remember that Ferkser's production last year was with A.J. Brown, a hobbled Corey Davis, and Jonu Smith also, uh, uh, you know, taking some balls away. This year it's going to be a lot different. Josh Reynolds, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, all going to be taking balls away. Right. So so that's going to take a little dip. If Ferkser – had played the amount of snaps that I anticipate him playing this year, which is 50% of the team snaps. He's going to reel in 607 yards. Uh, I, I've done the yards per snap. In first came out last year as 1.1 yards per snap, which means, you know, every 10 snaps, he's catching a ball, that, that you know, crosses the chains at the first down. Which is, uh, I think, you know, close to right. It's all we have to go on, so sure, we're going right. to have to. So right. that, that 607, Mark, I just mentioned. That would have ranked 13th in the NFL last season in between Hunter Henry and Robert Tunyon for the Packers. Okay. So so that's pretty decent company. I think if you can get, and obviously he's not going to get to 607. Johnnie Smith never got to 500. So there there isn't a benchmark that really determines his success. But if he gets somewhere in between four and 500, that has to be considered a success.
2: Right. Well, he's not going to be, and it doesn't matter what tight end. You you could throw Travis Kelsey in this offense. He's not going to put up, the Travis Kelsey numbers that he puts up in Kansas city just because of this, the way this offense is built. And especially this season more than in seasons past, because you have to think over half of the snaps are going to be going to Derrick Henry, get Derrick Henry, the ball at some form or fashion. The other, the other uh, 40% probably going to AJ Brown. And now you have to mix Julio Jones in that mix. So there's only one football it, and it's not going to the tight end as much. So, a guy for as great as we love Jonu Smith and for as athletic as he was, him not putting up 500 yards should tell you what we should expect from Anthony Furkshire. If Ferkshire can match that, I think that's a success. I also feel like though, it is important. And, and I know this is kind of, this is probably as riding the fence as riding the fence can be but I almost feel like I am going into this season, just me personally, and I recommend you to do the same because it'll, you know, a lot less chance of being disappointed, go into it with absolutely zero expectations when it comes to the tight end position. Obviously we can't help, but have expectations for Julio Jones, for AJ Brown, for Derek Henry, those three are only going to make each They've other better. showed it before that they can exactly like well, you're going to have expectations there. Even if I told you not to, you're going to just naturally I'm going to, I already do. Anthony Furkser, though. It's an interesting case study because that is a tight end who really, this is our first sample. We don't know what to expect. What if he gets a case of the drops? What if he gets injured? What if he just plan out socks, which he hasn't shown that yet, but It very well once you get that starter role, things change. Now, what if on the flip side? What if he's incredible? What if he comes out and he is like a Travis Kelsey, where he or or a Rob Gronkowski, where he's just an awesome tight end, great passing catch, pass catching tight end, great run blocker for Derrick Henry. What if he's all of the above? We don't know, but that's why I'm going into this season with zero expectations. All I want is for him to do his job and if he does that great if he doesn't like i don't know i i just i don't I, I i'm like i don't think it's necessarily fair to put a benchmark on what we should expect from him this because
1: season. you're you no know, i'm with you and there's plenty of reasons why number one i don't want anthony first to be incredible because if he has to if he's incredible yeah. that means something went wrong at the and wide that's, receiver position. that's a great point yeah another thing is you brought this up injuries that's where I am concerned here. Not that Firkser has injury history that we should be worried about, right? But say something happens because it's football and because tight ends get hurt. Yeah, say something happens. There's no safety valve there. There's no safety valve unless they unless Hassan French works works out or uh, you know Miller Forrestall who who's in training camp or who's in rookie who was in rookie mini camp with the Titans. Uh, Delaney Walker could be getting that call in the in the middle of the season if. The only true pass catcher the Titans have at the tight end position goes down. What's next? There's no depth there. That's what I'm worried about. Anthony Furkser is not a guy I'm worried about. He'll do fine. He will do fine.
2: I honestly hope he's a better run blocker than he is pass catcher. I think that in my opinion is more important uh, for this
1: offense. You know, a lot of, a lot of teams, a lot of defensive coordinators across the league are going to label him as a pass catcher and a pass catcher only because look at the lat look at last season passing
2: situations where the only
1: time he was really on the field he's a three million dollar decoy at worst
2: okay right. that's that's the worst and that, thing that and that's happen. another thing too he's cheap he's cheap which is which is great especially with a, a team like the titans who is like kind of rubbing up against the uh getting a little too comfy with the salary cap Yeah, you know big time <laughs> like at a like at a movie theater with the armrest up and you're just kind of snugging up against it it's like why don't you get some space all right like give me Give me some room salary cap. That's the way the Titans are. So the um, one last thing before we, we get to uh, DraftKings and then on to Joe Dubin. One thing I love about Anthony Ferkser, member of tight end university. And you're like, what school is that? Iowa or something? No, first of all, he went to he went to Harvard. But I'm not talking about his actual university, okay? Which should we start here on this podcast? Did you know that Anthony Ferkser went to Harvard? I almost feel like that should be the new uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Yeah, yeah.
1: It gets mentioned quite a lot on the broadcast.
2: Yes. Which just which, about every time, the first, but, every first catch that Ferkser makes in a game, that's brought up. Uh, and it's and it's only going to be even more so now that he's a starter. So I think we started here on this podcast, and then we we, we make sure everyone credits Tighten Up Podcast whenever they fair. say it on the broadcast. Guys, Anthony Ferkser went to Harvard. If you hear anyone throw out that fact, ccs you make sure they credit at tighten up pod on twitter at tighten up podcast on instagram uh but no uh he went to tight end university george kittle's little like summer camp that he has for tight ends and it's in nashville it's in nashville which george kittle lives in nashville i don't yeah. know if you guys know that he's good friends so with cool. uh, philip forsberg Really good. Yeah. Almost yes. Weirdly good. Friends. He's a Preds fan for that yeah. reason, which mm-hmm. is pretty awesome. Uh, so, Hey, George Kittle, what are you, what are you doing next year? You want to come play for the Titans? Uh, might as well, you know, stay close to home. And Hey, one last thing here,
1: Dan Orlovsky tweeted this. Uh, I, f- I found it very interesting and Brian Tannehill, I would figure would at least have had a set in this, or, you know, someone who's really close to Tannehill in the Titans building knows that he likes a specific type of pass catcher. So including all of the skill position guys on this Titans offense, you know, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Josh Reynolds, Anthony Ferkser, Derek Henry, their average size is six foot three, 230 pounds. That is a huge, huge average. The defense will have their hands full. They're going to be able to out physical, more teams than they ever had. And that's saying something because Derrick Henry alone was doing that for the last two seasons. Now they're gonna have you know, Julio Jones on the outside. They're gonna be a big, bad, rough and tough football team. And they also mix in a lot of skill with that. I'm really excited. Anthony Ferkser is the only question mark that there is on offense, but I'm comfortable enough with Ferkser that uh, number one, he's not gonna have to do a whole lot. And number two, He's going to be forgotten about. He's going to be the guy that teams forgot to plan around.
2: I I love out physicaling other teams. Yeah, I just love it. Just let's get super physical. Let's like, all right, all right, all right. Sorry, DraftKings. Let's let's do (laughs) DraftKings. Sorry, why is my shirt off? Let's get to uh, DraftKings and uh, Jack. uh, Tell them about DraftKings. Then let's get to Joe Dubin. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook,
1: but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, nearly limitless ways to get on on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to win $150 in site credits. Place a bet of at least $1 on any team to win. And if that team wins, not only do you collect your winnings, but DraftKings is also throwing an additional $150 in site credits your way. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention Bet at least $1. And if that team wins, you win $150 in site credits in addition to your wager cashing. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code A to Z Sports, A T O Z Sports, when you sign up to have a shot at claiming $150 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you will claim $150 in free credits in addition to your wager cash. That's promo code A to Z Sports for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Tennessee only, wager paid out in site credit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you are someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text Tennessee Redline. 1-800-889-9789. Y'all, yeah. oh, let's get this <laughs> I don't know about you, but I got
0: this fool punch in my cup. Night
1: nice, just getting started. I'm already doing too much. Reach down in my pocket, my wallet missing, boy, tightening
2: Party all on the rooftop, I might just fall up. If, I jump, that's when you up. if you go to Main Nashville.com, the number one trending story on the site right now is, and I quote, Big Joe on the go, comma, to Main Street Media. Every guest on this podcast becomes our uncle, but Big Joe has been on this pod so many times. I'm starting to think he's my actual uncle. I love him to death. I'll follow him on Twitter at Big Joe on the Go TN. I guess uh, Big Joe on the Go was taken. <laughs> <laughs> it was taken. It was <laughs> taken from my hands. Taken by Ray Bans. <laughs> he is Big Joe,
0: Joe Dubin. <laughs> Joe, how are you, man? Take it by Ray-Bans. So <laughs> it's funny. A year ago, I get a message that my Twitter account's been hacked, and they send it through my email. So I go and I change the password, and I send it back. Like, okay, I've changed the password. And Twitter's like, well, we don't recognize this email. And I was like, you just sent me an email <laughs> to that account. And it was like 30 seconds. It takes 30 seconds to change your password. Yeah. So I did it like, we don't recognize this. We don't recognize and like, all right, something happened. And then there's a thing called shadow ban where you think you're on there, but you're not. Nobody else can see you. And this is somebody sent me an information. Then I hopped on some Reddit link one night and they were talking about shadow banning a lot of people with blue check marks. And I fell under that umbrella and then I lost it. And so I was off Twitter for a month. So I was off Twitter and then we had a derecho, it's a word for some storm that comes through. That sounds, and it came to the amazing. neighborhood. <laughs> and again, they were and just like knock everything out for a week so I'm like man if I was on Twitter I could see what the power companies do with the police department so I had to get back on Twitter and the, but it was kind of refreshing and therapeutic because I was able to unfollow a lot of this nonsense start a new Twitter account and then where you just follow really the powers of you firing things that you need the new you know uh the fire department, the newspaper, and so forth and so on, things around your community. So it was kind of a blessing in disguise. So I'm back I like, on.
2: I like to think that I'm shadow banned right now because whenever I like tweet a joke or something, nobody ever responds or <laughs> likes it. So I think I'm shadow I, banned too.
0: Well, I tweeted you last night about, something I forget what it was, and you were leaving or doing something and I said, first Manifest is leaving me, the TV show, and now <laughs> yeah. you're leaving me. Oh, yeah. and I'm like, so, come on, man! Don't leave I, me. I can't. I can't take this.
2: I want Nick Castellanos to. Uh, I'm going to hire him to hit a home run at my funeral. <laughs> Joe, I, I, uh,
1: how is life without the blue check mark? <laughs> do, do you notice anything different?
0: It is uh, not Rest- really. Do you no? still but get into a-
2: like top top restaurants around
0: town? I do not, but that's okay <laughs> though. But the the main thing that hurt me though was I had Bob Saget. So years ago i was on some tweet thread i don't know how and they were ripping on bob saget and i don't know how i was on this anyway bob saget blocked everybody just a full block so i had bob sag on the radio and i say bob said about two years ago you blocked me he's like i didn't mean to block you so he goes on the twitter unblocks me and follows me he's like hey we're friends now and then he would send some messages like hey i hope you're having a good day just friendly like this is bob saget sending me stuff so when i got locked out of my account i'm thinking God, I lost Bob Saget, <laughs> he's never gonna be. So if I sent him a new request, he's got like 2 million followers, he's not gonna see that. And You're gonna so, get lost in the shuffle. I never did, I just, I never tweeted him, I never sent him a note and he wouldn't see it. And so, uh, but the thing was about Bob Saget was, I said when I was growing up in the 90s, before I got, you know, I had like 30 jobs from high school to, uh, before I started working in media. And that's not a joke either. And I always said Bob Saget, when I would see Bob Saget come on TV, your weekend was over. America's Funny Some Videos. Yes. Oh, god, You're done. That was the original you're- Sunday Scaries. Yeah. Yeah, you're done. Your yeah. weekend's done. You go back to your sad, pathetic life. It's over until next Friday. And then yeah. Bob, you see him. So I was like, that's why I couldn't stand you. He thought that was fantastic because it was a burn on him, but it wasn't a true burn. Right. He loved right. It. Yeah, now I lost all that, so um, that made me sad. Man, Such a special relationship.
2: I, yeah, you you had Danny Tanner in your in your back pocket, yeah. and now it's gone. It's just gone. That's the that's gone. the saddest thing. Well, glad glad we could start uh, start off this interview on a sad note. Uh, Joe, so you just started. You, you just left Channel Four, um, and you're you've got a new new gig. You're with yeah. Main Street Nashville, uh, new part of uh, Main Street Media first of all congratulations thank you uh so second, second of all tell i i, I want to know everything about this nude gig
0: all right so i channel for six years my contract's up june 30th well, i mean there could be another podcast about what exactly happened I'll, I'll get into that another time but things were not going well with management and myself and i was like you know what I, I, this is like mid-may my contract's coming up well, two years ago, I started writing articles for Main Street. They got 14 newspapers around Middle Tennessee, and they're very successful. So I would write these articles it's about life, whatever, no sports, just life. And I'd get people coming up to me, people emailing me. I'd be signing articles when people knew I'd be somewhere. I was like, man, there's something going on here. You know, this is because I was told the newspaper was dead, right? Right. The newspapers sure. dead. Yeah. I was told it's dead and gone. Ha ha. The newspaper. That the Gannett way of doing the paper, that's dead. But I mean, come on, the community newspapers, you see things, you know, I wonder what's happening in my neighborhood and they've got 14 newspapers and I did a deep dive into them and they're awesome. They're successful. So the guy reached, the owner reached out to me about, I don't know, two months ago, had no idea about my contracts. Hey, you know, maybe we could work together more and more and more. And I said, Hey, by the way, my contract's coming up. Maybe we should talk more. And then Channel Four made me an offer, which I did not like, and there was no growth for me. And meanwhile, on the Main Street side, they're like, "Hey, come with us. We, you can still do your writing. You can still do your Big Joe stuff, except it be on Facebook, on YouTube, and our website. Which is, pe- nobody saw me on TV. They'd always see me on the website, right? Right, right. right. So like this is, I got this freedom. Like you can do what you want and keep doing the Big Joe stuff. We'd love it. And then so one thing led to another, and then I told Channel Four I was gone. Let me tell you what. Within a minute of telling Channel Four I was gone, I was off the website. So in my mind, I'm thinking I can hear the general manager now, like, "Is he? Is he? All right, take him off!" (laughs) It's like the most important thing of the day. I was off in two minutes, gone, and then that was it. And no thank you, no goodbye, no well done here. Thanks for helping out. It's as if I never existed. It's weird. I saw something like I never existed. I saw something
2: the other day where WSMV.com's traffic spiked uh, it, and come to think of it, it was actually around that same time when they took your picture off.
0: Yeah. Right. It's like we have breaking news. It's gone. The website's now good again, but no, I'm gone. And so it was just, I don't know. It just, it was just, I don't know. I you know. I don't know what I expected. Maybe a thank you or maybe take nothing. I got nothing. That's annoying. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to move on and, The last thing I want to do is go and because if you didn't know the situation, all you see is me like, well, Channel 4, and you're like, oh, he's a bitter guy. I'm immensely happy. I had a great run at Channel 4. I had great people. I had a lot of fun. And I'm excited for this new adventure. And so this new adventure, I got podcasts. You know, we're shooting more stories, more freedom, more talking to nonprofits, doing charity stuff. So there's a whole lot of things that I want to do at Channel 4 that I was not being allowed to do. And this way i can do it and we as we all know i mean podcasts are great and it's all web-based now nobody's watching live tv like that I mean, a few people do but now we all go to the website so anyway go back to the articles so what really got me was i wrote an article about a few weeks ago my belt broke right and you go and make a fat joke i don't care my <laughs> belt broke and so as i go to throw away my belt i'm thinking man when did i buy this belt and so i thought well, I bought the belt the day my son graduated from pre-K. It was kind of important. And then a month later, my mother passed away. And then fast forward, my daughter just graduated from nursing school, and I had the same belt. And that belt broke. And I'm like, man, I don't want to throw this belt away. I mean, it's it's carried my fat butt for ten years. You hang but- that belt on the wall on your mantle. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. a famous belt right there. <laughs> exactly. And so I was crazy story. I was in Murfreesboro getting my oil changed at Baja Burrito. And this sweet older lady walks up and says, has the newspaper article and walks up and says, do you mind signing this? I recognized you. I had this paper in the car and I was just floored. Just, you know, you see people that say, I know you're going to watch you, but to see your article and in fact, and she was in tears and said, my husband passed away over Christmas. I won't throw away his shoes. And my kids are like, well, you know, you don't need any anymore.' She's like, I can't throw away those shoes because it's the same thing. We yeah. went through a lot and I'm thinking, gosh. And so that just showed me that the power of print is just as powerful today as it was 2000 years ago. But we've been told that it doesn't matter anymore, which is right. wrong. Right. So, you know, like your parents, if you do something new at Brentwood High School. Hey, Austin scored two touchdowns. It's in the paper. They're going to cut that out. Right. They're going to cut that out and keep that forever because your name's in the paper. They're not. If you're now, if you do it and your name's on Facebook. Screenshot? I mean, yeah, what yeah, right. What do you get there? So the power was still there. I was like, this is really, really cool. And I, I want to be part of this because it's all about hyper local. As you well know, guys, I mean, I'm a huge high school football guy. I'd rather go to a high school football game than a pro game or a college game because it's it, there's just something special about that. As Mike Keith always told me, when you do high school football, you're grounded you're grounded to what's pure, what is just, it brings back memories. And so Mike, Keith, and I talk about that all the time. And so to see the high school coverage is still alive and well in these communities, I was, I, I mean, I, I got a two-inch vertical. I think I jumped four inches that day in my excitement to be with the papers. <laughs> so that's where I am now.
1: Yeah, and, and Joe, I'll always say that more Big Joe is always better um so is now that, not? That's, that's what yeah <laughs> that's
2: in fact that's actually the slogan on this podcast is we start every episode by saying more big joe is better even on the episodes you're not on <laughs> yeah so that it, way
0: you put them in it's like where is he And like well, he's, he's coming yeah just right. teasing 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 teasing, <laughs> teasing 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 and then he shows up and it's like I oh, there he is there everybody's is. good well so I'm, good, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited
1: because you know not only do you get to do more but people get to see more of you and, and read more of you and listen to more of you um, so, so it sounds awesome. I know they have uh, Main Street Preps over there, which is uh, yeah. I, I was fortunate enough to do a high school football show with George Plaster last year and got to talk to all those guys who would cover different games yes. on a weekly basis. They're very talented, and uh, I think you're gonna, you know, that's that's kind of a match made in heaven, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, they talked about that too about Latin, and that's like nobody's really doing that. And I, you know, I got this argument with an old boss at Channel Four about. Uh, your footprint in the community. And their thing was, well, it's weather, 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 weather. I'm like, it's not weather. It's to me, and I'm, it's it's high school football when you get outside of Davidson County, when you go to a place like Portland, Springfield, Spring Hill, Columbia. I mean, that high school football is legendary, legendary still there. People want to see that stuff. And so you go to those communities and you park a big van out front at your game of the week, and you got 10, 12,000 people there. I mean, that's you cover the games, and they just they didn't see that. It's just it always mine, always fighting that battle with people who weren't from here. I'm like, you got to get invested in the community. I mean, the boss that I just got, well, he got rid of me and he left town too. All he did was go from Germantown to Channel 4. He never got out in the community. I mean, he couldn't tell you where Murfreesboro was, he couldn't tell you about Oakland High School or Gallatin High School, Hendersonville. They couldn't tell you. I'm like, why are you here? Get involved in the community. So with doing high school football, you're always involved in the community. And people love that. And don't tell me people don't care because people care. And I see it all the time. And it's not going to appeal to everyone. That doesn't mean people don't care. And so with you do the high school show last year, you see you talk these reporters around, Hey, great crowd, great games. It'll always be pure for us. and That's why I love high school football. Big Joe Dubin is one of those names who's moved around. But yeah. uh,
1: I, I want to ask you, you know, from, from a Titans perspective, can you rank the three biggest moves the Titans have made this offseason? They look, they made a splash with Josh Reynolds. Obviously, Bud Dupree costs them the most. Uh Julio Jones was a big, big trade. Nico Autry. Bringing into Nico Autry, the draft. What are your top
0: three offseason moves the Titans have made? Well, I think it's, to me, and not to demean the other ones, but I think the Julio one. I mean, that's the one that's kind of – they wanted that one because I was draft night. You're like, hey, they didn't get a receiver. What's going on here? Then they get the Josh Reynolds guy. Like, he's not really a number two. And A.J. Brown, You let Corey Davis go. I mean, what's happening here? I think it begins and ends with Julio. I mean, Bud Dupree's great. Those other guys are great. But getting Julio here and the fact now you look at this team like, all right, so who are we going to cover? All right, we got A.J. Brown. Oh, we got Julio. And then, oh, wait. Then we got Derrick Henry, you know, and Firks are turning into one hell of a tight end, a good threat, you know, down the middle of the field. And, you know, they can still bash Tannehill all they want. Tannehill, I think, is fantastic. So I think the Julio Jones overshadowed everything else. But here's the deal, boys. They got to come out. They got to win that first game against Arizona. They got to. And then so I, I know Bud Dupree had the ACL, and that scares me. When guy he's 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 looking good from his ACL. We've been around the block until we see him out there going full throttle, getting knocked down, and second quarterbacks, we're gonna leave Bud Dupree out of the equation. But having Julio on this team now, it's like, oh, okay. If that defense can play half as good, you know, just a little bit better than last year, which is a whole lot of improvement, then they, then they've got something. But I don't think we've been excited to see an offense like this ever here in Tennessee. So had they not gotten Julio guys, I think it would have been like, oh I man, what, what are you doing over there? I mean, we lost a lot of good guys. What John Robson said, I'm not sure what's going on. But now everything's in place. And I hate to talk about, you know, that window's closing. Well, I mean, windows are always closing. And now you've got the opportunity this team next year to do something really good. But you've got you to win the Arizona game. That is, you has got to come out one. It. It's a home game. Crowd's hype 100%. Julio's back here. Everything kicking. I think you got to win that one game. Had they not gotten Julio – This team, I'm not sure what would be going on right now, but I knew the whole time they were in their plans to get him because they did not draft a receiver and they let Corey Davis go. I just knew something was going on with that. Next thing you know, he's here. But that, to me, that's the only one that matters because I've seen guys come in on one-year deals that, hey, we're like this guy Then after eight games, he's being replaced by some guy that you've never heard of who's moved in here and done it. Example is Sean Smith that – lineman they got 10 years ago came in here and he was great with the chiefs and yeah you, know, you see those guys all the time that set a one-year deal it's like eh, you know you're just kind of a stopgap guy but with julio that's a different thing they have an opportunity to do something so we'll see what happens like carl
2: pickens that was another one <laughs> terrible more recent I, so so you're going yeah. the julio jones trade over the uh isaiah wilson trade <laughs> that, was a, yeah, that was also a big move for yeah, I mean it was a big move I mean that was a big move from a size standpoint
0: <laughs> so let me ask you this here's a question right a forklift. so Evan did so what's the coach at uh Arkansas Sam Pittman is that his name yeah,
2: yeah 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 big Sam the used car salesman
0: yeah so Pittman was his offensive line coach at Georgia right so at what point does Pittman get caught up for this because <laughs> you go down and you talk to Pittman. What did he tell Vrabel and John Robinson? Man, this guy's fantastic. He works hard. Good work. Because we saw none of that here. No, right. We saw nothing here. And don't tell me money changed him. I don't believe that. So at what point do you go to Sam Pittman and say, hey, man, what was your why'd you lie to us? And nobody's done that. I wish somebody would ask Sam Pittman. You know, people came and talked to Isaiah Wilson. He was decent and caught first-round pick. What did you tell him? What did you not see this happening? And then so that guy was just an absolute disaster. So I don't blame John. People are blaming John Robinson. I don't blame John Robinson. You get into all the facts. You watch the tape. That's all you can do. That's right. all you can do. Right. And he comes in. It was terrible. So I'd love to talk to SEC media days next week. I had one question, Sam Pittman. Sam, what did you tell the Titans of why Isaiah Wilson was good? And now he became out and it was so awful. Because he, he, like, he, he, he was either lying or he was completely
1: oblivious with Isaiah Wilson. Yes. Or, then,
2: or, or, and hear me out, maybe he was telling the truth and everything he said about Isaiah Wilson, he was referring to his rap career, not his football
0: career. Yeah. Work yeah. ethic,
2: great skill, yeah, comes off mm-hmm. the line fast, yeah,
0: straight ball. And he's like, so Rob's kind of like, hey, what do you think about Isaiah Wilson? He's like, well, you know, I guess we're talking his rap career and then that's how he went. Yeah. yeah. So Robinson needs to frame his questions better. Right. Just (laughs) frame the questions
2: better on J Rob, like make sure you're talking specifically about football. Um, Joe, you mentioned like three answers ago about a train wreck. Uh, Were you referring to this year's defensive? No, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No. uh, My question for you, Joe, are you more excited for Julio Jones as a Titan or the return of samples at Costco?
0: Mm. Uh, I think we know where this is going. <laughs> Look, when I walked back there on Sunday or Monday and I saw that lady setting up, I was like, <laughs> this is a true story. I'm thinking, all right, that something's happening here. Then you walk down to the next aisle. There's another lady setting up. Yeah. Two more. Another lady. So you had chicken nuggets. You had some kind of agave grape juice. And you had some kind of peach something. I don't care. I don't care what it was. So I walk up to the first lady, and I said, "Hey, how you doing?" She's like, "I'm doing, you know." And they're sweet older ladies. They're beautiful, yeah. sweet hairnets. Yeah, hair nets, gloves on. You're behind a screen, right? <laughs> and I said, "What do you got?" And she's like, "I got organic chicken nuggets." Now look, I'm not eating organic chicken nuggets from McDonald's, but at Costco. I ate nine of them. <laughs> so I kept circling back. And what I do is I go back with a different, because they're busy. I go back with a different accent. So you go back, you know, and you redneck hillbilly, sure. you know, from Joe, Chicago. Do you, really,
2: do you really think you're throwing them off? Like you have a distinct look. You're the
0: only like six foot it's five like the, it's bald, like the guy. The Papa
1: John's <laughs> commercial with Shaq walking in with a, with a wig and glass. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, right. And you look at him like, what the hell is that? So they didn't say a word. I mean, usually you get a, I've had people, the Costco workers, like, hey, you've already been by here. No, you don't get it anymore. I've had that before. Sure. None of that. So I went to the grape, the grape lady two over, and she was like she was like a spring break bartender. She was just setting the shots just out, man. Out. <laughs> I, I probably had a good 12 of those. And they're the little cups, you know. And so I, I needed something to wash down the nuggets with, and that was the grape juice. And then they're the crappy peach stuff there, but I still had to try it, right? But I kept circling back to the organic chicken nugget lady. She didn't say a word, man. I was like, top of the morning. and just all kind of stuff to her. At what point do you tip the Costco lady?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got a tip. You got a little tip. What's
1: the, what's the, uh, I, I, I don't know, the, the societal, uh, just, uh, what point do you just pull out your wallet and say, hey, you know what? Look, I'm not going to lie. I've used an Irish accent, a Spanish accent. accent. Here's a couple dollars. I know you you probably
2: didn't know this, but every single guy that's come, and I know Costco just opened six minutes ago, and uh, I'm the (laughs) only one in this entire building, but I was the same guy who came in. Irish accent, that was me. Hawaiian accent, that was me. German accent, (laughs) that was me. And I brought all my sunglasses.
0: Right. So, yeah, threw the hat on, put it backwards, Mm -hmm. take it off. So there's... There's three looks for you right there. You're already done. If you're working a couple of accents with the hats in a different way, you're up to six or seven identities right there, and it's fine. So it got into a debate on my page about, I guess, Sam's Club is not doing samples yet. yeah. And so people started calling Sam's Club. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And then I find out that Sam's doesn't do it, but Costco does. And the people are like, I'm never going to Sam's again. And they got this debate. Yeah. So, I just sat back and watched my Facebook page burn to the ground because they're fighting over samples. And I just, the, the seeing them up, guys lined up, was beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. Because it, one thing, it gets them back working, right? So, you get a yeah. whole clan of Costco's free sample workers. I'm sure there's a better name for that that haven't worked in a year and a half. Now they're back working. I was like, this is great. I would love to do a hidden camera and be a Costco free sample. Give her out.
1: <laughs>
0: I would a, love to do that. Yeah, it's a
2: main street story.
1: Yeah. It's got to be a main street street story, story
2: right there. That's, that's your first uh, big Joe on the go featurette. Right I would love to do main that. Street go undercover. Astro. Yep. Yeah, do you realize okay. how many, how many, how much the hairnet industry suffered during COVID? It was I mean, it was it was ungodly. Yeah. and It was mainly because people from Costco's were not handing out free samples.
0: They were not handing out samples. But maybe somebody commented on the page like, we've been having free samples for Florida in a year. And I'm like, man, I should have moved to Florida a year ago. I get this. <laughs> so, to see them, but they're back. And so, they're opening a new Costco at Murfreesboro on July 20th. And one of the workers at Costco said, yeah, it's going to be a big day. I'm like, I got to be there for that day. <laughs> yeah. Did you match the samples? On that day oh, that's the two samples, weeks from
2: the day? oh, the samples on a, on a grand opening of a Costco? I mean, you have multiple per aisle. Right. You know, yeah.
0: Yes. I won't need accents that day or different hats. Just walk they'll get, down, they they'll give care. you free
2: samples of their Kirkland brand jeans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which are never bigger than larges either, so it works out perfectly. It's also sweet, too, because you'll buy, like, you know, you're buying those organic chicken nuggets, and sweet ladies like, here's the bag. Make sure you pick a bag up. You know, and the bag's upside down, and she doesn't know. She's just there for the day, man, right? right She's yeah. just passing out samples. And you're like, well, I've already bought two of them. She's like, oh, that's so sweet. And he puts the bag back down. Somebody else comes by. buy. You should get a bag of these. And they're like, oh, okay. So they're working it, man. These elderly workers at Costco are fantastic. They're working it. It's the upsell, right? It's it really the upsell.
1: Is. Joe, earlier in this episode, we were talking a little bit about Anthony Furkser. I brought up. Uh, yeah. My my yards per snap statistic that I kind of just made up out of nowhere. Yeah, but, no, Jill, uh, I that but look, I I use science and math to come down and, and you know find an answer for what Ferker will do this year. What do you think is constituted as a successful season from Anthony Ferkser? Do you expect him to kind of blow up this season and this be his uh, breakout year? What do you do you expect a spike in touchdowns, yards? How do you how do you see this looking?
0: I see him as the most viable person on offense. I told somebody that, like, oh, you're crazy. Look, you got your best defenders on AJ and Julio, right? You get a good slot guy, good slot receiver. They're, you can pick a slot receiver anywhere. So there goes your other good defender, right? Well, you got to put a linebacker on Derek Henry, maybe two linebackers. he comes out the backfield or a, a draw, whatever, who's going to cover Furkser? Right, so if you got the safety to cover Ferks, a strong safety, well then the Julio or AJ Brown's gonna have, be one on one. If you and bring then, a linebacker so, in, Ferks is gonna blow him out of the water. Exactly. Well, this linebacker then, if you see that happen, you dump a pass out to Derek Henry or whoever. So you, you got to go and get whoever's out there. So if Ferkser can get open, become an amazing decoy, amazing decoy that opens up for AJ and Julio. Because at some point they're gonna be one-on-one. They've only got you gotta rush the passer, you gotta get Derrick Henry, and you gotta cover Julio and, and uh AJ Brown and the slot guy. What what are you gonna do? I mean, this is a nightmare for some teams that's gonna go out there. So if Ferks can still get open and be that safety valve and take pressure away, good lord, man. What an offensive season they could possibly have. So tell you what AJ Brown is getting better and better, and better. He's got a payday coming down the line. He's going to play harder, which he plays hard anyway. And Julio just wants to win. So if Ferkser could come out and, and people, I've seen his evolution over the last couple of years. He just gets open, and that's it. And if he could take that pressure off the other guys, his stats might not show it. He might not be a lead leader and all that stuff, but the impact he's going to have of taking the pressure off everybody is beautiful. It's like going back to the run and shoot. When Mouse Davis created the run and shoot. He created the run and shoot because he's like, look, defense only has so many athletic guys who can run and cover. I've got four receivers who can go down the field. You ain't covering all of them, right? You're not going to cover the one, the two, and the three. You can't do it. So that fourth guy, who's going to cover him? You're going to bring – so there's your old secondary gone. You slip out of back. He's open like that. Problem was defense has got smart and started blitzing the quarterback. And so you play tight coverage, line of scrimmage, you blitz the quarterback, boom, you go back. I know you guys are younger than I am. You go back to the Miami University of Houston game in 1991 where they're doing the run and shoot Houston is, and Miami just sent everybody after David Klingler. Awful. And that kind of set the blueprint of what to happen. But if you get a little protection, and you got guys running everywhere, you're not going to stop it if you got a good quarterback. So I know it's a long-winded answer to what you're asking, but Berkser can go take that pressure off of everybody and have a fantastic year. Again, don't look for him to have 18 touchdowns because I don't think he'll have that. But I don't think he cares. If he can build provide a buffer for other guys to get open and this team wins games, fine and dandy, man.
2: Talk about landing the plane. Oh my God. <laughs> Call Darren for that one. <laughs> no, Joe. So I so and and this is I, I just had a quick follow-up to this. It's are we I, I don't think anyone's it's the off season, right? Everyone is, it's so easy to talk ourselves into things and talk ourselves out of things. Last year, I, I legit thought the Titans were the front runners to win the Super Bowl because you add Jadavian Clowney to a defense that was already a top 10 ranked defense in the NFL. I'm thinking like, oh, naturally, they're only going to get better. You bring in a Julio Jones, this offense. and then So you're naturally thinking, Anthony Ferkser's only going to be better because of that. My question is like, do you think we're putting, you you talk about pressure, the taking off pressure off of the AJs and the Julios. Are we putting too much pressure on an Anthony Ferkser to get this job done? Because technically this would be his first year as a starter. And he's filling in the, he's filling in for, uh, you know, a guy, uh, uh, Delaney Walker from a few years ago, who then into John O. Smith, uh, the last couple of years to now Anthony Ferkser, it's just like, oh, hey, here's the keys to the Ferrari. Do you really, like, should we have that level of expectation that he's going to come through and, and have success? Or should we go into this season with absolutely no expectations?
0: Uh, you're 50-50 right there in the middle with that because I think they should have kept Johnu Smith. I think Johnu Smith was coming into his own as a great tight end. That, that new wave athletic tight end, he's more of like a slash running back receiver. I was really disappointed they let Jonu Smith go because he was becoming good. So with Ferkser, I think you've got a lot of opportunities. He just goes and gets open, you know, and that's I think it's a good thing because you can see him like, well, you know, he's just a big, clunky tight end. I'll just kind of watch him a little bit. But he gets open, and Tannehill delivers the ball to him perfectly. So I think there's a lot riding on him, but I think all the talk is Julio and A.J. Brown, right, and Derek Henry? How many times has somebody brought up Ferkser besides us talking about him today? Hardly zero because everything is focused on them. And I think that's fine. Like go back to Jadavian Clowney thing. When he went to Seattle, I was reading some blogger in Houston, like, good, let him go. He was lazy, didn't do anything here. He did the same thing in Seattle. He had a little bit of success in Seattle. And I found that, I read that blogger guy again, like, when he came to Nashville, was like, he'll be a disaster in Nashville. He's lazy. He wants his money now. He's had the injuries. And he was awful here. So now he goes to Cleveland, and I just think Clowney, I think it was just a bad – I think John Robinson got Clowney to make fans happy. Right. You know, I think he made fan think. now with Julio, I think it's like, we got to win. We got – we put this part together. I mean, what was Clowney coming here for? I mean, it was just – who was he going to work with? on? The, I just didn't – never, to me, it didn't seem well with all this going on. Because you got the Dick Beasley, who was terrible. So Robinson needed a Julio to really put things on fire again. And with Ferkser, I think they must believe in him big time for what, for what he's got and what he could do because I, I like him. He's some great. I mean, tight ends are always supposed to be like that, right? Big and goofy, get yeah. open, meatheads, like that guy in Kansas City, the Kelsey, same guy. I mean, look, tight ends across the board, they're more of a uh, of a, a good safety valve than anything else. So, again, I think Ferkser can have a great year, but it won't be shown with the stats. It will not be shown with – 13 catches in one game. It might be two right. catches for 28 yards, but my God, he took away a safety and let AJ Brown score. So I, you, we're going to come back to this in like October when Brable's like, Hey, Ferkser doing so great. You won't see it on the stats, but here's what he's doing. And so I think they got a really good guy in Ferkser.
2: Do you think that's the play though is to kind of, because you are taking a chance. You're taking a chance with Anthony Ferkser, as opposed to going out into the trade or the free agent market uh, and, and picking up a, uh, a, either a better option out there or even maybe possibly even going to a guy for
0: a trade. Well, I mean, who are you going to get? I mean, is there anybody better than are out there that you're not going to spend $15 million on? Or how, right. uh, And I think Vrabel mm-hmm. Wikes is kind of moxie. And here's a guy, I think he was undrafted, if I remember correctly. And so here's a guy that's truly fighting for everything that's coming up. And I remember we interviewed for two years ago. He had some big game, I forget what it was. We got him in his locker and he was like, he was stunned. He's like, You guys want not talk to me? I'm like, well, yeah, you had a good game. He's like, oh, I'm not really used to this. So there's this, he he's growing, you know, to this role. He had a football camp last year. And I know all this becomes I think he understands who he is and what he's becoming. And I think Delaney Walker had a piece today in pro football talk about Ferkser can become an elite tight end. Right. And so if Delaney Walker thinks he can, then we should think he as well.
2: You've got, you, I mean, you've got like, and and the again, these are just names. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying they're necessarily better than than a Ferkshire, but you've got a Jesse James out there. you got a Tyler Eifert. Um, you've got a, a, and I'm just now seeing this, uh, a Luke Stalker out there, which I'm oh. sure we all remember. Fullback Luke Stalker? Luke uh, fullback, yeah, probably greatest running back since Peyton Hillis. uh Gross. Luke Stalker.
0: If there's one moment in Mike Vrabel's career in Tennessee that he probably wants to get back is that Luke Stalker handoff against so. the Cowboys. I
2: I will never I will never forget that moment. I will never forget fourth and one on the goal line at Houston. You have Derrick Henry in your backfield, and this was like and look to. To the Titans, you know, in the Titans defense, if there is any for this, this was like the early days of Derrick Henry. This was Derrick Henry splitting carries with DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry. So, like, nobody really knew what he was yet. Um, And then you hand the ball, instead of giving it off to literally that that 6'4", 290-pound behemoth you have in your backfield, you hand it off to backup tight end third string tight end luke stalker whose first carry since middle school mm. was with the tennessee titans my man didn't right. carry the football in high school he didn't carry it in college but somehow in the pros they were like i got an idea that that was the freaking uh 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 the floor freaking mm. <laughs> i try to go galaxy brain on everybody
0: was that LaFleur? Was that 2018? That was, that was, wasn't it? That was LaFleur.
2: Yeah. And I, uh, and I still and then and then when I saw LaFleur, obviously LaFleur goes on to get the Packers job. And I'm just thinking that was all I could think about. I, I watched his entire press conference and everything. The whole time I'm watching, I'm thinking,
0: this guy handed the ball off to Luke Stalker with Derrick Henry sitting in his backfield. Right. And then LaFleur had the, the field goal versus the Bucks in the, A- the NFC Championship game. Yeah. That right. was his cost so of going for it. LaFleur. I mean, not- <laughs> yes, he is. I mean, I, I, you know, and that's a part of the thing that Aaron Rodgers is all mad about. He's, I mean, the Jeopardy question when, why did you kick the field goal? And people yeah. laughed about that. I mean, that's a thing that, I mean, I think LaFleur is on thin ice for what that, a lot of people aren't happy about that for kicking the field goal. But I just think, like, go back to the tight ends. Jesse James, I mean, I mean, do you want a tight end who's wanted by law enforcement? No thanks, <laughs> right? Yep, no. yep. Yep. No pass <laughs> pass you want Wyatt Earp on the sidelines no going out? I mean you know. no not at all
2: you're, and that's a great point Joe and that's honestly why we come to you for all of the hard-hitting analysis yeah, he is he is big Joe Dubin at big Joe on the go TN if you're not following him you're not doing Twitter right guys you you're not are. you're not it's it's a it's a fact um and and uh if 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 anyone has any access uh to any of the social medias we need at big joe uh at big joe on the go twitter account we need it reinstated just for the Bob Saget ties and simply uh, for that right and at corkbats on instagram too while we're well well we've got you what Uh, happened to that uh uh, we posted a clip of a ufc fight and uh dana white came headhunting that was the last straw that was and then and uh, our account got deactivated so are you serious yeah hashtag free cork pads it sucks too because i we loved our instagram account so uh i thought you were kidding the whole time oh yeah yeah no it's a big joke joe just uh yeah we just decided to take down our instagram account
0: blame it on i I get access to dana white i'll see what i can do wait wait hold on this is dana white ufc the dana white who works over at compton's food town
2: uh,
0: <laughs> you, let's try both just to be safe. Let's go. I don't know. That. I just know the Compton's Food Town guy over in Antioch. I don't know uh, the other. Okay. Guy. All right. Those then yeah, just right.
2: go. Let's start there, I guess. You know, Those you are my I favorite thought. Big Joe tweets, right there.
0: So sorry. <laughs> I love that. Those are always great, right? I
2: just talked to Julio Jones uh after his big trade to the Titans. Only this Julio Jones works at the
0: Jiffy Loop off of <laughs> Murfreesboro Road. And just people, because you hook them in and like some people like, that's not the right Julio Jones. I'm like, do you not get the joke? I mean, do we not laugh like this? I mean, come on, man. What laughter are you not having when you're looking at that you think that's serious on there? We had, Mike,
2: Twitter. we had Mike Keith on last week uh, and some guy hate, hate tweeted uh, at our podcast for just asking Mike Keith joke questions the entire interview. So, I'm sure I'm sure he's going to absolutely hate this interview with Joe where we didn't talk Titans until about like 30 minutes into the interview. <laughs>
0: let, me tell you a, let me tell you a quick funny Mike Keith story. So, we were up in uh Providence, Rhode Island when the Titans were playing the Patriots in the playoff game in 2018. Now, people don't realize that when you go to cover the Patriots, you fly into Providence because it's like 15 minutes away from Foxborough. While Boston's like an hour and a half drive through, even that's being nice, it's way on the other side, right? It takes forever. So, we were at Providence, a team hotel, and we're doing an interview. We're doing a special. So, we're talking to Mike Keith, and we're all these Patriot fans are there. And so, you know, Mike's got his Titan stuff on. So, these people are coming by, like, "Ah, Titans suck, Ah," you know. So, everybody come by, Mike Keith under his breath be like, Ah, oh, go to hell, you know. I mean? Just, <laughs> <laughs> some guy comes by and says, You gotta lose my four touchdowns. And Mike's like, Yeah, but you ain't, you ain't playing tomorrow. And I was like, Whoa, man, Mike is getting upset. <laughs> and he's, but he was serious. I mean, he was ready to go that night in some lobby at the Omni Hotel in Providence, Rhode Island. Mike Keith was ready to fight. And I'm like, We started to laugh. He's like, I don't want to hear this crap. You know, people walk by again. You know, go patriot your tight and suck. He's like, no, you suck, buddy. And they just keep walking on. And I was like, this is a great set of Mike Keith. We never get to see because we're about the brawl right. in Providence, Rhode Island. And this is and Mike Keith is going to
2: lead the way. And Mike Keith, sneakily athletic. The guy, like I would go to war with that guy without question. All-county yep. punter. All-county punter. Yeah, BGA. <laughs> people don't talk about it enough. They need uh, to. He is big Joe Dubin guys. Uh, check him out. Mainstreet hyphen Nashville.com. Uh, go follow, follow main street on all of the socials on Facebook, everywhere. That way you can get, be in touch when Joe drops his, his videos, whenever he drops a new article, you're going to want to, uh, you're going to want to check him out. Cause I, I guys, I, I promise you when I say this big Joe, he gets Nashville. He gets, he, he understands the media industry. He's very self-aware. He has fun with everything that he does. And even though he didn't answer our question earlier, I'm going to go ahead and say he's more excited for the samples at Costco than he is Julio Jones. And currently is holding up a bobblehead, which, is that Richard Nixon. Bob, Bob Hope. Oh, Bob Hope. Bob Hope. Bob Hope. He's holding up a Legendary. Bob Hope uh, bobblehead. Why? We don't know. That do we should we call him Bobble Hope? Ooh,
0: good one. Yeah. yeah.
2: Thanks. <laughs> Joe, we love you. Uh thank yeah. you so much for doing this.
0: You bet, boys. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Joe. Love you. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle.
2: That is Joe Dubin freaking love that guy. Obviously like we, we, we bring him back on in this podcast so often because we love him and he, it, I think he's so good. And like I said, at the top of this podcast, I feel like Joe can deliver Titans takes that make you really be like, oh yeah. Like it's, he makes it sound like so simple and so matter of fact that you really just like, are like, wow, that's so true. Like hearing him say it. And he's made me come around on a lot of different things when it comes to the Titans. There's um, a lot of and,
1: overthinking on oh, yes. Twitter. A lot and, of and,
2: overthinking, overanalyzing. Joe doesn't do any of that. Joe doesn't do that at all. Joe doesn't even think that well, mainly because he doesn't, I mean, he's he's kind of a doofus, but he he doesn't think at all. And uh, and I think that's- That's what makes
1: him smart. That's right. what makes that's him what great. That's what
2: makes him smart, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you what, speaking of overthinking things. Uh, so we had a little bit of interview- uh, criticism with our Mike Keith interview uh, to be fair was only one one critic it was only one critic yeah and when I see yeah so when I said we had a little like only fair to little, us little it was we had one guy <laughs> we had one guy who uh, clapped back on our uh, on our Mike Keith interview and so look my man wants the attention. We're going to give him the attention.
1: All right? You got what you wanted. Well, that's that's what happens with
2: us. You know, you say something right. bad, we're going to talk about you. Exactly. We're going to make look, you look
1: like kind of a fool while doing so. And
2: we're transparent. We're nothing if not transparent to our listeners, okay? We're not going to hide this in the shadows. We're not going to bury this bad review. Whenever someone leaves us a bad review on the podcast, we read it on here. We've done it before. Now, okay? that's not like,
1: saying to go give us bad reviews. So yeah, no, no, don't give us you. bad reviews. Don't go do give that.
2: Me. No, go give Buck bad reviews. Uh, but four and a half stars to Titan a podcast, 0.5 stars to Buck. Um, go do that uh now. The okay, so we had a tweet come come across, and the only reason we saw it was because we were tagged in it. So clearly this guy wanted it to be read. <laughs> All right. John what's his name? Jonathan Blasdell. Blasdell. Blazdel, which I if I'm apologizing, I mean if I'm if I'm mispronouncing that name. Good. Okay. <laughs> he says, uh, I listen to the at Titan up pod regularly, but this past episode, I think one guy is a little out of touch. He claims the only throwbacks the at Titans fans want are the t- Tennessee Oilers throwbacks. He doesn't realize how many of us were oiler fans first and want the nineties oilers. All right. Few takeaways here. Okay? Lots to unpack there. Yeah, I let me let me let me just run down this list. Okay, I've got a few things to unpack. My first takeaway: this guy clearly doesn't get the show. All right, simple. It's all. I we don't need. think he listens regularly. Two hundred and forty characters is all we needed to know. He does not get the show. Second of all, yes, and exactly to your point, Jack. Don't be fooled by him saying he quote listens to the tighten up podcast regularly, because. If you did listen to the Titan Up Podcast regularly, you wouldn't take anything we say seriously because, you know, we don't take ourselves seriously. And also, thank you if you listen regularly, but listen better. Listen better. And that's a great point. It's a great point. Listen better. Okay? This also this tweet would fit into the uh category of tell me you don't regularly listen to the Tighten Up Podcast without telling me you don't regularly listen to the Titan Up Podcast. All right. And you know how I know how this guy doesn't listen? It's because literally the only difference between the Tennessee Oilers throwbacks and the Houston Oilers throwbacks is a patch. <laughs> That's, That's it. it. That's literally it. That's the only difference between the Tennessee Oilers throwbacks and the Houston Oilers throwbacks. Literally, this guy only tweeted this to flex his muscle that he was a Houston Oilers fan before the team ever moved to Nashville. I don't know why you would want to brag about that. I think I know what happened. What? I think he's a closet Texans fan. I mean he might be and we were he, pretty rough on him last episode he is a, he is a Houston uh his bio says he's also a rockets fan because he oh, well, we found very it. well still could have that Houston allegiance mm-hmm. but look like he literally, he legitimately only doing this because he wants to flex the fact that he was an Oilers fan first and wants the nineties Oilers. Same uniform. The only thing you're saying is you just don't want the Tennessee Oilers patch. That's the only thing you're saying. That's the only difference. And like, not to be that guy who explains his jokes, but how did you not pick up on that? How did you not and and when he says, "I think one guy is a little out of touch. That was me, I'm pretty sure. Was it me? I yeah, I'm so, sure I, so said I read this at
1: like there was a point in my day where it was like lunch I was in between a couple of things working with A to Z and I had some time to listen back to the segment and I you know I I put it all together there and so so I knew exactly where to go for this for this conversation. Sure. found it. Nowhere in there were you speaking for, you know, all of Titans fans. That's something we don't do. We don't say, you know, this is the only way. We leave it pretty open for interpretation, I think. Um and, and we hit on how great the Oilers uniforms were. I I remember because I was the one who said it. How yeah. great they were and how the Texans shouldn't be allowed to wear them because we right. had the whole conversation about Texans fans mad on Twitter wanting the throwbacks. Yeah. Um uh, and how we, they didn't we, belong to them.
2: And we officially we we actually said like there, those were uh, throwbacks that like right when they went away from them like it was like oh finally we hated those uniforms but now as time has passed they're one of those uniforms like the creamsicle buccaneers uniforms they have aged like fine wine they have aged so well and so now they're they're awesome and then it's like yeah yeah like i i I what i i imagine i i made the joke in there i was like yeah but we only want the tennessee oilers throwbacks not the houston oilers throwbacks which is literally just a patch. That's all patch. it is. All right. So, so
1: Jonathan Blasdale, I, I hope that we've made this clear. I hope you're still listening this week. And, you not only feel a little stupid for saying that, but also you now understand. Well, this is the history of the franchise that you're you're supposedly rooting for, even though you're a Texans fan.
2: Well, and hopefully he gets the, the podcast a little bit better, too. Hopefully he gets the show. But there's a lot of people out there that do get this show. And Rob, and I, what's our
1: guy? Rob Rob came to our defense pretty quickly, I think. Rob.
2: Oh, so Rob, Rob was it Roy?
1: No, team. it could have been Roy. Was it Roy? Roy I mean Roy, 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 yeah. Roy,
2: Roy. Freaking love you, Roy. Uh, shout out Roy. Love that dude. You know who you are, Roy. Yeah, you know who you are, Roy. <laughs> Probably might be the only guy who listens to this podcast named Roy. That's a dying name. And I think we need it's time we bring Roy the Roy name back. It's a powerful name. It's Three tears for Roy. Hip hip hooray. Royalty. Uh, the so so then this literally his next tweet reads this. Okay. Uh this is Jonathan Blasdell. Not to spend too much time on Jonathan Blasdell, but as is tradition, when someone rocks us, we're gonna we're gonna clap back. The so Jonathan Blasdell says, and I quote in his next, very next tweet, which, you know, reading between the lines, I think this one might be about us, Jack. Yeah,
1: he, he he. So the thing is with these tweets is is another. You know, they came in super early or no super late at night. I think they came in around midnight when he was listening to the midnight heading into Thursday. Yeah. So who knows if it so was. So you know, and
2: was, I'm I'm I'd be willing to bet that this tweet is related to his first tweet. I think he might be talking about us when he when he says and I quote some of these pods are so corny you get a good guest on then you ask some stupid questions trying to be funny you're not the gap between good and bad at titans podcasts is wide three exclamation marks on that one three exclamation marks yeah Uh, how wide mm -hmm. three exclamation marks wide all right look Look, there's only like four good Titans podcasts anyways, maybe and, three. And we all know who he's referring to when he refers to the good podcast and the bad pi- podcast. We're obviously the bad. The good, just say it. All right, dude. We're Jonathan Blasdel, quit quit this subtweeting nonsense. Quit subtweeting mm-hmm. like you're a 13-year-old girl. Just at us next time. And go ahead and at who you're referring to as the good podcast. The F-words pod. All right, we get (laughs) it. it. We
1: get it. The F-words is good.
2: We like them. We're
1: friends with them.
2: We're no F-words pod. All right, Jonathan, we get it. All right, we're the Rose Art to their Crayola. We're the RC Cola to their Coca-Cola. We are the return of Jafar to their Aladdin. All right? We get it. We're the DigiPet to their Tamagotchi. All right? We're the Dr. Thunder to their Dr. Pepper. All right? We're the Marshmallow Mades to their Lucky Charms, Jonathan. All right? We're the Jake Locker number 10 Titans jersey to their Vince Young number 10 Titans jersey all right jonathan next time just say it all right when you when you say the gap between the good and the bad titans podcast just say the gap between at tighten up pod to at f words that's really the only
1: good titans podcast that i know of these two
2: right and and uh, i got your back on that one that's really the
1: okay so so good okay we're on the same page
2: these two boys one tough will never live up to the f-word pod okay we'll never do it
1: Well, we don't aspire to
2: we're not trying to we're we're clearly not trying to that's why that's why when we have mike keith on i i i i basically told him he was the only person in the history of the world that has asked for the ed that's like like that's the kind of crap you're going to get from us all right look i like to think that our mike keith interview was unique all right i like to think it was fun but clearly, my man Jonathan Blasdell is annoyed that we didn't ask Mike Keith the same damn questions. He's probably been asked literally every other podcast and, you know, and news outlet that he's been on this offseason.
1: You know damn well Jonathan Blasdell has heard all of these ans- these same answers over yeah, and over he, again, too. He,
2: Jonathan Blasdell's probably heard it on, on uh, every other Titan Up podcast <laughs> because he's he knows about he if he knows the gap between the good and the bad Titans podcast, you know he's listening to multiple Titans mm-hmm. podcasts, okay? So, like Look, if you wanted us to ask, oh, hey, Mike Keith, what, what do you think Julio Jones brings to this offense? Or, hey, hey Mike Keith, will the pass rush be better this year? Or, uh, oh, hey, Mike Keith, do you think T-Rack will have a new costume ready in time for the home opener? Like, just like, we're not going to do that. We save those
1: questions for Luke Worsham to torture him. <laughs> <laughs> Luke
2: Worsham, Luke Worsham, Luke Worsham. <laughs> Luke Worsham. <laughs> Luke Worsham. <laughs> Look, you, Luke. I'm just saying, like. And last thing I'll say on Jonathan Blastell. <laughs> As if we haven't already said enough. This all comes from a guy who's pinned tweet on his Twitter profile. I, I did my this. homework. I did my homework. <laughs> right. I hope he's listening. I hope he's listening to this. Uh, I, this uh, the pinned tweet on his Twitter profile reads, and I quote, the at Titans will win 10 plus games next season. Everyone freaking out over Bowen. We'll see an entirely different defense when we add a pass rush. I'll pin this and we can revisit next season. (laughs) Hashtag tighten up. All right. First of all, hashtag tighten up. I like that. I mean, what Uh,
1: kind of bold prediction is that? That's like me saying, (laughs) You know, hey, uh, when I'm drinking on Friday night, I'll probably Uber Eats McDonald's at 2 a.m. I mean what what kind of what kind of limb are you stepping out on by saying, no. oh, 10 plus wins from a
2: team who won eleven exactly. last year? I know look, I know you want to clown him. I get it. I get that. You want to clown John the Bazo. I'm actually gonna give him his props. I'm gonna look this guy not only had the balls. The ginam- ginormous gonads, all right? The the massive testicles to go out on a limb. In this day and age, on Twitter, when you've literally got a, a Twitter account out there called Freezing Cold Tates, Takes, looking to just take down anyone, he has the, 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 the courage and the strength to go out and say the Titans will win Ten or more games next season. No one else is saying this, by the way. Literally, the n- number of wins that they had last season <laughs> are almost as many. Like what? 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 They have? They had? A, they went eleven and five last year. Eleven right? and five,
1: and there's another so he's game. Saying, he's there's saying, an extra he's game this season.
2: Let's peel it back. Like they're not going to have as much success as last season, but they'll have almost as much <laughs> success with a ten plus <laughs> win total. Look, guys, all, not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> okay, Jonathan Blazil, like, and I also love that he that he that he pinned the tweet so we can quote revisit this next season. Like, I love how he thinks that it all uh what was that 1,888 followers are just counting down the days to where we can be like, we gotta wait and we
1: gotta. And wait after to that, wait. after that tenth win, they're all gonna come to me and quote tweet me saying how smart I was. Right,
2: and oh, this is the thing. Like, this is gonna be one of those tweets where like, if midway through the season, if the defense just sucks dick he's going to find some sort of like other good content to pin to his profile and just conveniently forget about this. We know you're a
1: Texans fan, Johnny, <laughs> give it up, give it up. Uh, you're not, up.
2: You get a good guest on and you ask some stupid questions, trying to be funny. You're not look, if anyone knows grade a comedy it's Jonathan Blasdell. All right. In fact, Johnny, if you, if you know comedy so well, and I, again, I hope he's listening to this. I, I legitimately, I hope he is. I'm inviting you onto this podcast to tell us a joke, all right? And that that will actually prove if he actually does regularly listen to the Titan Up podcast. Come on, Johnny. Right? I look, I look, Jack and I. We have no ill will against you. Maybe a little bit, but not, not a ton. Nothing we'll have, personally. We'll have more respect. We'll have more respect for you coming on this podcast than we did for your claim that the Titans will win ten plus games in next season. All right. So look, I, and I know you didn't claim to be a comedian, but you also spoke in absolutes when referring to our interview. So you clearly have a better sense of comedy than Jack and I do. So I want you to do me a favor. I want you to slide into our DMS, tighten up pod, Jack A. Gentry or Austin Huff. We want to welcome you onto this podcast and we are, we want you to tell us a joke and we want you to, to make us laugh, we, we'll, we'll make a segment out of it. We'll start a new segment called Jonathan Blasdell t- Tells Us a Joke. And I want to hear it. And I, because I, I want to learn. Honestly, I want to be better. I want, I look, we, we don't aspire ways. We don't aspire to be the F words pod, but we aspire to m- maybe be h- halfway there, I guess. I At know. least kind of rival their listenership. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly we've had a, we've had a good month listener wise i don't you know i, I hope right things, you know are,
2: you look you want bold surprises started. you go to f words pod if you want jokes about mike keith and ed if you, you want come Tony, to Titan Podcast. Yeah, come over here yeah all right let's get to remember Titan. and get out of here uh uh-huh. My remember the Titan actually is Jonathan Blasdale. That's crazy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, we spent enough time on that guy. What what do you what do you uh what's your who's your remember, the Titan?
1: Okay, so I went pretty recent with mine this week. Uh you know, running through names and players from two decades ago has has gotten old. So I'm I'm turning the I'm turning the time machine off. Okay. Time machine's off. It's been thrown in the closet.
2: Get, just get out of here, time machine.
1: So I'm I don't have to go that far back. This guy played on the Titans uh you know as recently as 2019. So but he's still a guy that a lot of people are gonna sit around and say, Oh yeah, Darius, you know, I, I remember this guy. I almost gave away his name. Um, <laughs> he, so he was a wide receiver for the Titans, more known for his return abilities. Okay. He was a he was a good kick returner. He went to college at Virginia, 5'10, 180, Darius Lamar Jennings.
2: Nice.
1: Darius Jennings had an interesting tenure. Uh, He only only spent two seasons with the Titans and he's only played three seasons in the NFL, at least on active rosters. He started out in Cleveland, was an undrafted free agent there, then spent 2018 and 2019 with the Titans, played in 24 games, all 16 in 2018. Uh, And he did some really notable, interesting things that a lot of people can turn back on and be like, I remember more than one play of Darius Jennings' career. Uh, So, Let's turn it, let's turn the time, you know, the clock back. We're going to Miami. Okay. Mike Vrabel's first
2: game as a head coach. There's a huge rain delay. The game takes oh seven hours. I'm pretty sure that game, we still haven't finished that game. I'm I'm convinced. That game took so long. After the rain delay, Darius Jennings,
1: who had never scored an NFL touchdown before, receives a kickoff at the six yard line in the fourth quarter. Oh, Titans man. trailing. Oh,
2: Why are you doing this?
1: Takes it all the way back. 94 yards runs a kickback for like the first time in a decade. I'm pretty sure. Oh, 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 okay. the Tennessee I was Titans. something else. I was thinking, oh, you were thinking of Darius Raynard, the bad. I, that's guy. what
2: I was thinking of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, that play against the Steelers. Yeah. We don't need to different.
2: Kickoff return for touchdown. It very rarely happens for the Tennessee Titans.
1: Very rarely. Darius Jennings did it in that wild game. Mike Vrabel's first game. I guarantee you, Mike Vrabel will remember that forever. Um, also, in Week Nine of that season, he caught a 36-yard pass uh, with three defenders draped all over him. He finished the game with yes, 36 receiving yards and 23 return yards. That was a big play against the Cowboys. That was again that that was in the game where Kevin Byard ran out to the star and did yes. Terrell Owens. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so, so that was something that happened in that game. In the New England Patriots game, returned an opening kickoff for 58 yards, a big momentum swing in that game. The Titans won behind Marcus Mariota, a really good performance from Marcus Mariota, 34 to 10. So he, he did a lot, you know, in his short time with the Titans. And while, you know, he's not necessarily in Titans lore by any means, but he was – for all the bad kick returners and punt returners the Titans had – Darius Jennings was a guy that I felt comfortable with back there. Um and you know, he he eventually got shuffled out because Khalif Raymond was being shuffled in and they they had return plans with uh Darrington Evans coming in that that offseason hoping to put him back there so Darius Jennings became expendable. But at the end of his at the end of the day, Darius Jennings caught 13 passes in a Titans uniform for 118 yards, ran that one kickback and uh, Really, for a lot of the guys who who returned balls for the Titans, I did not like any of them, or really hardly any of them. (laughs) I didn't mind Darius Jennings.
2: So, Darius Jennings, you are this week's Remember the Titan from me. That is, I can't tell you how much high praise that is for Darius Jennings. The fact that Jack Gentry says, I didn't mind him. (laughs) That's huge. That is huge. Uh, My Remember the Titan is, so you've got, uh, so... Uh, shortly after Steve McNair passed away, I uh I I made a video way back in the day about uh my only interaction with, with Steve McNair. And I tweet it every fourth of July. If if you follow me, you you you've probably seen it. Um and it's uh I, I met Steve McNair at the Orthodontist. Um in that jer- in that in that video, I allude to another Tennessee Titans player, and it's really the only player I owned. Titans, like a jersey of a Titans player. When every kid in my grade was asking for a Steaming McNair jersey, rightfully so. Eddie George jersey, rightfully so. Even Frank Wycheck jersey. Every kid had one of those three jerseys, okay? I, I was always like, I want to be different. I don't want to be the. I just want to, you know, I don't want to have the same jersey as all my friends. I want to get something unique. So for whatever reason, I asked my parents, for a Yancey Thigpen jersey, <laughs> mm. <laughs> I was able to wear that jersey for two whole years before he up and left. Uh, well, really, kind of just retired from the NFL, uh, which was great. It had a, I had a going track record of any sports player's jersey I bought; they would always be they would either retire, they'd have a, a career-ending injury, or they'd get traded, rendering the jersey useless. Yancey Thigpen was a big part of that uh, history of mine when it came to owning jerseys. But I love Yancey Thigpen mainly because when it comes to remember the Titan, when it comes to names, I can think of off the top of my head real quickly. Yancey Thigpen is a go-to one, mainly because I mean, his name is Yancey Thigpen, which is a funny name in and of itself. But my man was, dare I say a Titans legend and an unsung Titans legend, I'll say because very few people sing about him. He came from Winston-Salem University, which is not a college for cigarettes, I learned. Uh, He played football and basketball there and was drafted in the fourth round of the 1991 draft by Pittsburgh Steelers, wrong, the San Diego Chargers. RIP to the San Diego Chargers. Rest in peace, the San Diego Chargers. Man, we feel bad, guys. Not only not only do they lose Nancy Thickpen. they lost their entire franchise. Maybe get some fans. May, well, no, opinion. no, 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 no. No, I'll say this. They no San Diego, one of the cities, they legit had legit fans. That that ownership wanted to move to LA. It was kind of like a St. Louis Rams thing. Well, maybe get some new fans um well yeah that's a fair criticism that's fair that's fair uh he was drafted uh he's drafted fourth uh 91 draft by the chargers played a majority of his career though from with the steelers from 92 to 97 had a breakout season in 95 which helped lead the steelers to the super bowl uh i don't uh i also i don't envy any player especially wide receivers that ever had to play on the three Rivers stadium astro turf I don't know if you remember any, like the Titans or excuse me, the Oilers back then had to play there once a year because they were in the same division as the Steelers. That was when the whole like Steelers Titans rivalry kind of beefed up the the early Jeff Fisher days, uh, 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 Neil O'Donnell, Neil O'Donnell and um, uh, going up against like Steve McNair back in the day. Oh, those were great games, but they played on this AstroTurf, brutal. It's literally like playing on concrete. I, I don't understand how we got away with it for as long as we did allowing players to play on AstroTurf. Um, then in 1998, signed for five years, $21 million contract with the Oilers. Think about this. Five years, $21 million. What is that? What is that AAV? What is that? That's like four million It's going to be a like a four and a quarter. Yeah. yeah. Four and a quarter a year to play with the Oilers. At the time, it was the highest known contract ever signed among wide receivers.
1: And that's what I was going to say. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say it if you didn't. How ridiculous. <laughs> to make Nancy, your Yancy Thigpen, not Nancy
2: Thigpen. That's probably his grandmother's name. Well, some, you know, some of our dads may say, well, he played like Nancy Thigpen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to, to make him the highest paid receiver in the NFL. That makes, uh, this ridiculous. In a league with... Uh, plenty of plenty of wide receiver talent right you you make yancy figpin and this was this was right after the nfl had switched from you know it was probably 20 30 years after the nfl went from you know what let's run the ball a lot to hey let's start throwing it around see what happens so
2: that's the dawn of the the, the throw it all around the field era we always talk about how the highest pay we always talk about how the wide receiver position is cursed for the titans maybe it was this contract that that cursed them the fact that you're willing to give like, which $21 million is not much now. Like it doesn't sound like much, but $21 million back in the day, that was like, that was like giving a King's ransom to freaking Yancy Thigpen. Like maybe that's why maybe the Titans deserve to have two decades worth of cursed wide receiver luck in their franchise because yeah. they gave so much money to Yancy Ben right off the top. Um, he then retired after the 2000 season with 313 career receptions, 5,000 yards. Look like these, these numbers. Keep in mind, these numbers were the highest paid receiver, uh, known receiver uh, in the history of the NFL. 313 career receptions, 5,081 yards, and 30 touchdowns. He. I also love this. He also, uh, he returned two punts for 30 yards, gained 188 yards on eight kickoff returns. And he also... <laughs> He also rushed for four yards. <laughs> Jack, <laughs> how many carries would you need in the NFL to get four rushing yards? 17. 17. All right. I think that's respectable. Yeah. Cause I mean, you got to think you, you, you would break one eventually. And by break one, I mean, you would get like three I yards. I'd like on pick one. up to a couple. Yeah. yeah. You could. It would probably take me six or...
1: seasons to do it, though, because every time I got tackled, I'd get hurt. <laughs> 17 you... carries over six years. I could do it.
2: yeah and i look and i have the utmost faith in you to be able to accomplish that so hey guys uh we love you we love uh, we love our listeners we love our listeners that understand and get this podcast uh the most but we love you all we love you all even the jonathan blast even if you're new even even if you hate even if you hate our guts like jonathan probably does after this podcast we still love you we love you you're a tupper you're tupper for life um and we we're just trying to make the Titans fan base stronger, better, more fun, and uh more self-aware, which I feel like we could do. It's July. We're getting we're take,
1: of, we're getting this done early in the off season. You know, we're not letting any of this shit carry over to the
2: regular season. We're getting it done now. Question. Without question. Without question. And and yeah, we again we appreciate you guys. Honestly, each and every one of you follows. If you haven't checked out our Mike Keith interview, go check it out. Go listen to it. Let us know your honest assessment.
1: Unless I'm unless fine.
2: that honest assessment is negative, then don't tell us. <laughs> uh no go go and uh go and listen to it i i loved it i love chatting with him he mike keith was awesome he should he shared amazing stories uh and it's a, a, a must listen if you will for titans fans um uh, thanks to big joe for joining us follow him all, all the stuff he's doing and uh follow jack at jack a gentry follow myself at austin huff follow the podcast at tighten up pod on twitter at tighten up podcast on instagram guys i'm telling you get get, hop on board like let's let's freaking grow this thing let's make some fun because once football season rolls around we are going to be going at full steam ahead uh we're not going to be like trying to fill time with with just literal to no content we are going to be having some fun and we're excited for that and we're excited to take you guys along for the ride jack uh you got anything for the road Anything for the road? What
1: do I have? I don't have anything in in, in particular. I I really don't. This is a, you know, I usually have a little nugget or something this week. uh, You know, I think we covered it all. This is probably one of our longest episodes. It it is a
2: long episode also
1: by now. So I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. I don't have anything. Uh, Five stars, four and a half for the podcast. Half star for Buck. You guys know what to do and where to do it on. Uh, Hope to see you in the comments. We'll screenshot whoever does it and put it on Twitter. Um, But yeah, for the rest of you, Roy, Roy, you're the Tupper of the Week for me. Roy,
2: Roy, Tupper of the Week. Should we start doing this? Should we start doing Tupper of the Week? I think it'd be fun. I think Maybe we could fun. replace Remember the Titan with it because we ran out of everyone. We have, we are running low on Remember the Titans. <laughs> Maybe we just, we just slowly, like, without even like acknowledging it, we're just like, all right, this week's Tupper of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> And it goes to Roy again. Roy.
1: one in 17 weeks in a row. What that? what's going on? Roy, about? you're
2: our Tupper of the week. We love you, dude. Uh thanks for thanks for always having our back. We appreciate it. And we appreciate all you Tuppers who have our back. No joke. Like seriously. You guys will win uh, Tupper of the week in the upcoming weeks. Uh yeah. Uh hey, with all of that said, I guess until next week. Tight up. up. They've gone from being spoilers to starting 6-0 Since they moved to Tennessee to
0: call it home They had a music city miracle to conquer Buffalo Then they came within a yard of winning in the Super
2: Bowl They've had the same head coach leading all the way That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they
0: play They're the Tennessee Titans, they're the Tennessee Titans, they'll keep on fighting all the way. They're the Tennessee Titans, they're the Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Titans all the way.